Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 132. And Psalm 132 is known as a psalm of ascent. These would be psalms that the Hebrew people would sing as they ascended up to Mount Zion for the pilgrim feast, so certain festivals that would be held during the year for a Jewish person where they were required to go to Jerusalem. So this would be a psalm that a whole family imagined a caravan of people possibly traveling from Galilee or traveling from Bethlehem, and they're going upward toward the city of Jerusalem in Mount Zion, and they would sing these psalms as they would go along. These were very special to the Jewish people. If you wanted to know what the Psalms of Ascent look like, you would just open up your your Bible, you would go to the book of Psalms, and you would look at Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. All of those are known as Psalms of Ascent. So those are all the groupings of songs that I believe most of the Jews would have known by heart as they sang them as they went along the way. Uh, Just a, a side note here, the Psalter has been memorized by people for 3,000 years now a good bit of it. If you go back and look at history, the Jewish people knew a lot of the Psalms. And also the Christian church, in the heart of the church, the Psalms were sung in early Christian worship services. This was the songbook of the church. But also in the monastic system, these Psalms would have been prayed throughout the day by monks. And then once you get to the Protestant Reformation, the Book of Common Prayer, which would be in the Church of England, the Psalms would make a large part of their worship. When Thomas Cramner wrote uh, the Book of Common Prayer, put it together, he wanted to give that monastic type of worship to the common person, where the common people would be praying and singing the psalms. So that's just a a note to think about that when you read through the songs or you sing the psalms, you're connected with God's people going all the way back to King David and even before King David. So these are very important. They should be in the heart of the church. So with that said, let's look at this psalm of ascent. Realize this is written sometime after David, sometime in a period of maybe of crisis where people are are falling away from their devotion to God, possibly. Maybe things look bleak, but we do know the temple is still standing, so this would be before the temple was destroyed. So let's look at Psalm 132. It's pretty lengthy, but we're going to read it all the way through. Listen to some of the repeated themes that you hear in this psalm and see if you pick up on them. What are the main, there's going to be two main themes that are going to appear in this psalm, but also there's going to be some phrases that hold this together. Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not enter the house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Epiphrath, we found it in the fields of Jair. Let us go to this dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn away. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, 
Their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation, and her saints with shouts of joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. So just so much comes out in this psalm. You'll probably notice that two themes, maybe three, this idea of David, Mount Zion, and God's dwelling place. And you may throw in a fourth theme, the Ark of God, appears in this. Notice there's a lot of oath swearing, a lot of please God remember what you've done. Remember the promises you've made. So as you look at this, you realize, okay, this is about the Ark of the Covenant. This is about Jerusalem, the city, and this is about about Mount Zion. And I'll get to in just a minute why that's so important. Let's go back and just review some Bible history. You know, Jerusalem was not always the capital of the Israelite people. You know, you would have the capital being in places like Hebron early on. And we know that David is the one who goes and conquers Jerusalem. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, David goes to Jerusalem. And at that time, Jerusalem was ruled by the Jebusites. And David defeats the Jebusite people and makes Jerusalem his capital city. But later we'll see in the biblical record that God desired that. This was part of God's plan, that Jerusalem would be his place of dwelling, Mount Zion. Now we know early on in the Bible, we can go back and see connections to Jerusalem. We know that in Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham offers Isaac, it's on this mountain in in Mount Moriah, which would be right there where Jerusalem would, would be. That is where he offers Isaac. So that's connected to Abraham. Also, we think of Melchizedek, this king of peace, Melchizedek, who comes and uh, Abraham actually offers him tithes, tithes, this mysterious character that comes out of nowhere. And they have this sacrifice of bread and wine. So Melchizedek is connected to Jerusalem. He is the king of Salem, which is Jerusalem. So this city of peace is what, Jerusalem would would come to mean. But this is that same city we find in the book of Genesis early on. And this will become the city of David. So David conquers this city. And then David desires to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. So the Ark of the Covenant has been in a city called Kirith-Jerim. Now, when you look at this um, psalm, there's another name. It's Ja'ar. But Ja'ar actually means Kirith-Jerim. It's That's where the ark was resting at that time. So David collects 30,000 people and has this procession, this humongous procession to go get the ark of the covenant and bring it back to to Jerusalem. And we'll look at that story later in the week and look at the details of the ark coming to Jerusalem. So David desires God's ark to come. Now, why does David care about the ark? Well, the ark is known as God's dwelling place. The ark is known to be God's footstool. So among the cherubim, if you looked at the Ark of the Covenant, it was this golden box. And on the top, there were two cherubim, these angelic creatures with their their wings outstretched. And it was there uh, at the seat of mercy there between the wings of the cherubim 
that the Hebrew people believed that God's presence would come to be known. And that's what it meant, God's dwelling with his people. So this is a very holy thing, the Ark of the Covenant. So David wants to bring the Ark, which signifies God's presence, to Jerusalem. And David realizes, he's like, look, I've got this great palace. I mean, I live in this palace of cedar. But God's Ark, God's dwelling is in a tent. And that's just not right. So David desires to build a house for the Lord. As you read through 1 Samuel, you'll see this motif of a house. David wants to build a house for the Lord. Then Nathan comes to David in 1 Samuel chapter 7 or 2 Samuel chapter 7. He says, David, you got blood on your hands. You can't build the ark of the, or you can't build the temple of the Lord. But your ancestor will, your son will, but you're not going to. Then God makes a promise to David that he would establish David's house. David would have this dynastic family that would reign upon the throne of Jerusalem forever. And we know that promise was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus came from the family of David. So when God promised to establish David's house forever, we see that fulfilled completely in Jesus, who is the true king. So all these themes are behind this psalm. As you think about it, these promises that God makes to David, these covenant oaths, about establishing a house forever. David desires to build a house for the Lord. David wants to bring the ark to Zion. And so that's all in this story. But for us, for application, I want us to think about what it would have been like for the Jewish people in these Psalms of Ascent. Imagine all the different times of your life. You would be going to Jerusalem no matter what. Maybe a time of great sickness of of a family member. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe warfare is on the horizon. Maybe it's famine. Maybe it's times of great joy. Throughout every cycle of life, you would make these pilgrimages to Jerusalem. And you can imagine these people, the hope. And really, that's kind of what keeps us going, is hope. Through all the tough times, as you think about your life as a cycle of love and grief and pain, and the one thing that keeps us moving forward is hope. And that's what these songs of ascent were all about. They were about hope. No matter what was going on in your life, as you traveled to Jerusalem, your heart would beat faster. So you're walking along with your family and you're coming to God's holy city. And you see the gleaming temple on the horizon. You see uh, Jerusalem rising up on the horizon in a high place. And you say, that's where God chose to make his dwelling with man. And I go to abide with God and renew my covenant promises with him. God, remember the promises you made to David. Remember the promises you made to your people. So there's this great hope. And we as New Covenant people live that way too. That's why I think weekly worship is so important for God's people. Because it gives us hope to get through. As we, God's people, Christians, assemble together, we have God's word read to us. We have God's word spoken to us. We are reminded of our forgiveness. We are confirm, so to speak, in our faith as we see other Christians that are believers too. And we partake of the supper, which is so important. We partake of the supper and we do it in remembrance. That story of hope and redemption becomes our story. And we're reminded each week of who we are and that God's going to take care of us. And that's what this Psalm of Ascent's all about, is God's people being reminded of God's promises. And God's people also saying to God, please remember your promises 
as we struggle through life and we go through all the pain that we have to go through. So the Psalms of a Sinner are about hope, hope of God's presence, hope of God's intervention, hope that God will keep his promises. And that's a big question to kind of end on today. Do we believe God will keep his promises? We have a gift as Christians. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have God's Spirit making a temple in our lives. And that's powerful. Could you imagine letting a Jew know that back then during these Psalms of Ascent? Hey, one day God will make his dwelling with people, not in some dwelling place, but in their lives. So let's don't forget that gift we have today. Well, I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to going through uh, parts of 2 Samuel. We're going to look at this narrative story of, of David as it continues, and we're going to look finally at the end of the week, the Ark of the Covenant coming to Jerusalem. That's where we're kind of going toward uh, with our readings and our discussions this week. But once again, hope you have a great week, and we'd love to see you back again tomorrow for tomorrow's podcast. Mm-hmm.